Here we go. Look at this. Gotti working the working the dials. Here we go. Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, it's Trent here, and it is so wonderful to have you company today for episode 287. This week on Toy Power, it's all about getting spooky with our Halloween spectacular, and we're going to jump in with some horror with a very, very special guest. But joining me today from Adelaide, the Toy Power studio, we've got Scott. Hello there. We've got... But we, we've got Ben. Hello there. <laughs> and and you, you don't have to emulate those ridiculous uh, intros. We've got Emily Lind all the way from the United States. Welcome, Emily. Hi. It's great to have you on board. And we couldn't think of a more fitting guest for our Halloween Spectacular than someone that's into horror like yourself. And we'll get into that. But just to touch on that, that um, Pennywise that looks like it wants to eat my soul. Yeah, that's his whole job. <laughs> <laughs> that very cool. So living dead dolls, do you, is that something you actively collect or just uh, pick and choose? Or um, It's actually not. It's the, it's the only one I have. Nice. I'm, on the, I'm on the wait list for uh, Mike Myers that I might get, might not. Yeah. You know, it's one of those, like, depends how it sells. But, no, I've always liked them, but... It's kind of too big to go in on yeah, now, and yeah. they—I oh, mean, 100%. they the the quickness with which those things sell out is—I mean, it's because it's kind of those things I kind of didn't know anything about, and then you look into it, and it's actually massive. Yeah, yeah, because uh, my wife has uh, eyed them off numerous times with, uh, especially Bride of Chucky, and you know Chucky and the two packs and the, you know, all those sort of ones. So um, I I hear you loud and clear. There, it's a very deep line uh and um can get quite expensive as well so very cool he's he's out of picture now i, I feel <laughs> i feel more at ease <laughs> so, so we're obviously uh sans frank frank uh not the biggest horror f- fan in the uh room so yeah so he he opted to uh skip this episode what did he uh, uh have too much candy i think was he did it, well uh, i was trying to brush over it but yeah you know he said it was collecting for jack but i think he uh ate too many much himself <laughs> some so. form of a diabetic coma maybe maybe yeah yeah poor bastard so yeah <laughs> well now, right. now emily we're going to go through the get to know you questions which is um putting yourself back in 10 year old self but first a bit of background now how did you find out about toy power did you follow chris fresh and the geek dudes prior is that was that some form of connection through through fresh and uh, dirty uncle mitch yeah i knew them through uh chris had been on around like some star wars podcasts that i listened to so i found them and then i found you guys and davy through that yeah, yeah. right <laughs> the, the, the unholy trinity of australian podcasting right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh that's fantastic well 
we can't wait to get to know you better and our listeners to get to know you better. So as we always start off, what was your favourite movie growing up? Probably Labyrinth. Ooh. That was that was a big one. Just the, the the aesthetic of it, the fairy tale, David Bowie and his tight tight pants, oh, all yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and like all good ballerinas, have a very special thing to go. They're male ballerinas to help smooth things out a little bit because you know you don't want the Nugget meat patch. and potatoes, <laughs> um, you know, defined. But is that what Bowie was going for? But he just asked for the extra large. Was that the request? I just like to think that that's just how Bowie naturally does. It's just naturally smooth, <laughs> like yeah. a Ken doll. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So, Emily, as a 10-year-old, what was your favourite toy? I had a Playmates Star Trek The Next Generation tricorder. Nice. Was, oh, cool. Like, it was just really tactilely pleasing like the way the buttons pressed the lights and the the noises and like it folded and unfolded it's i don't have one now but i have to admit when when i realized i was going to be answering that question i was i was doing a little ebay search and seeing how much they're going for these days but yeah that was that was a big one now is it true i remember watching uh the toys that made us and i believe they did a star trek episode and I believe that some of the, I don't know if it was Playmates or whoever was doing prop replicas at the time for mainstream release, some of those prop replicas, and I'm not sure if it was that Playmates tri-recorder, but they ended up going back into Star Wars production. So that it was like a full circle that they were reusing these these toys or these props oh, back wow. actually in Star Trek. Oh, and I don't, I don't believe it was like, the main sort of phases or those those mm-hmm. things, but in in background shots, etc. Unbelievable. So they were recycling oh. through. So I'm not sure if that one is is one that <laughs> made it back onto the actual set. I mean, maybe, but, but I feel that was probably more the phasers because those yeah. you like the tricorders you tend to see in close up if you see them. And then, then you'd be able to tell. That's right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's, a, that's a cheap uh, play. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> All right, and a question out of the blue. So uh, what's your most challenging yet satisfying Lego set that you have ever built? <laughs> well, let's see. If you count fake Lego, it's anything fake Lego. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but, uh... I, did, I did one of those for the first time that I bought too quickly on Amazon and didn't realize wasn't Lego because it was on, you know, it was a lightning sale and I just grabbed it. But it the worst thing I've ever been. It's very cute. Broke three fingernails oh, no. and yeah. swore quite a bit. Um, Probably the, the starry night, which I actually still have. I have like a couple of bags left just because I tend to work on it when I need just to zone out for a while yeah. Yeah. And, and relax. But there was a couple of, of, of bags where it's just various shades of blue and on the on the pieces, they all look very distinct. But in the instruction book, the shades are a little bit difficult. Yeah, yeah. To tell. Fair enough. And so yeah. that's one of those uh, Renaissance painting type uh, sets, isn't it? Is that is am I correct? Yeah, or? it's it's super cool. So it's like it's like the the painting, and then there's there's not only a frame around it, but there's elements like of the painting that build out. Like 3D. And then, yeah. yeah, and then there's like a tree that builds up above it as well. 
Wow. Yeah, cool. It's amazing how they've captured the look of Van Gogh, of, you know, the, the, the colour palette and the brush strokes and all that in Lego. Like, it's quite a phenomenal translation of, like, a masterwork of art into plastic. It's, yeah. so, it's so crazy, right? Yeah, it's, it's really that it has that kind of dream impression style that you can do out of bricks i you wouldn't I, I wouldn't have thought it was possible but it's it's just a beautiful set wild yeah very cool now uh, that is fantastic now emily i've got one question Ooh, for my own another personal bonus satisfaction <gasps> right you're from okay. new york city and i cannot help but ask yankees or mets okay well i'm not i've, I've lived here for 12 years but i'm not from new york city so neither okay but oh. the mets but the mets just because i i really hate the yankees <laughs> <laughs> that's just a... and that's the end of this episode thanks for attending emily <laughs> look, look that's how it, if you if you are not a yankees fan then you yep. hate the yankees Absolutely. there's no there's no middle ground there is completely no middle ground it's pinstripes or nothing <laughs> is baseball a thing over there for you emily is that uh, something you'd follow no, not really. Uh, I'll watch like a, occasionally if the Cubs are doing really well because that's how like I grew up with a Cubs household. So back when they were actually like in the World Series, I watched mm-hmm. that. But mostly, I enjoy baseball. I'll go to a baseball game. I'm never going to turn it on. Yep, that's fair enough. <laughs> well, it's, it's one of those things. I I have a mate here. He's he's got an American dad. And not from the the cartoon. He doesn't look anything like that guy. But um, and so he's into all the American, you know, like baseball. And and we had a league here in in Adelaide. It, it's sort of dissolved now, but you could go to a you know stadium and watch a game. And it was all about you know the baseball was very much the background entertainment to the drinking, which oh, was yeah. sort of oh, the sure. primary yeah. goal. Is that is that very much how it is? Is that is that the pastime, or is is the actual game sort of considered? In my opinion, if you're here in Adelaide, you go for the drinking. Yeah, right. If okay. you're in Yankee Stadium or any of the wonderful stadiums over in over in the states, you're there for the game. You're there for the atmosphere. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, when when when, when uh, my wife and I went to uh, America, we, I'm like, I want. I'm not a sports person at all, right? That I'm like, look, we're traveling halfway across the world. I want to go to an American sports, like go and see something live. And the NBA had just wrapped up and things, so um, couldn't see them. So we went to the baseball we right. and saw the baseball thing. And I'll never forget, behind me, there was these people um, getting the the nuts and cracking the shells yes. and things. And like, it was just this, like, that was more interesting, <laughs> watching this mound <laughs> of shells just build up around them. It was like, oh my God, it's getting bigger. Like, it was just, oh, that, yeah, that was Phenomenal! I I have never witnessed anything like that. What in my type life. of nut was it? Like, like a just peanut, oh, peanut, peanuts. peanuts, like, peanuts. Like, um, right. Yeah, taking the uh, the little shells off and you know just dropping them right where they sat. You know, okay. it just it was insane. <laughs> there <Yeah>. you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Now, Emily, you have a fascinating shrine to probably one of one of the uh, premier or or you know actors that has been through a whole raft of horror films made a, a very big appearance in a new hope in star wars this we are talking about peter cushing like you have an incredible homage to peter cushing now what 
we got we got to unpack this. Like, where does <laughs> where does that come from? Like, I, I, I and look. This comes from someone who is a massive. I remember getting that first Power of the Force to Grand Moff Tarkin, and the excitement that I had to be able to have, you know, Peter Cushing or a, a Tarkin figure in the collection for the very first time. And I think that would have been sort of like late nineties. Where where has your fascination does it go back to the the horror days did it was the genesis with star wars tell me a little bit more um the genesis was definitely star wars i didn't i didn't watch a ton of horror as a kid and certainly not um a lot of older horror just because i wouldn't have had access to it so no like tarkin is when i first saw him and i always liked him as a villain but it was when he he reappeared in in Rogue One. As much as I had some issues with how it looked, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was so excited to see that character back. And then I I read the relatively recent um, Tarkin novel, which there was maybe not great, but the characterization of him was fantastic. And I I don't know. I just sort of stumbled into it from there it's it's actually relatively recent both my collection and and sort of the the focus i've had on on cushing um when the pandemic first started i realized hammer has a bunch of their old movies up on youtube for free and and they were just sort of they're fun horror movies they're not terribly gory or do you really depressed or anything so they were a great locked in my apartment watch and then I started finding out more about about Peter uh, I you know I'd heard Carrie Fisher talk about him in interviews and how wonderful he was everybody always seemed to have nothing but good things to say about him and it, it's funny he actually was something of a toy collector because oh. he was really into toy soldiers like he did all the the, like he made them he did the model painting he did all the the little like reenactments he was part of some like toy soldier society and there's just there's a lot of fun youtube clips of him painting away and he just seems like the loveliest man and now i have him tattooed on my arm it's it's been been an interesting couple of years (laughs) it's quite the journey i think like those the, the, some of those scenes from you know early on where they're around the sort of boardroom table and Vader's there and you know choking his his moths they're, they're wonderful little scenes and we probably don't get enough of them but now watching Andor we've really got a glimpse kind of into the Empire and how their offices work and I've loved those sequences from Andor I don't know if you're up to date oh, with, yeah. it, it feels like Tarkin could kind of just slot in at any moment into one of those scenes and just dominate, whether it's a CGI Tarkin or, or what have you, because obviously he, he's passed, but it just feels like it's given so much more kind of credibility to the Empire and those officers, having those those wonderful scenes of the dialogue between the characters and the power plays and, and the sort of the backstabbing and how they go around, but they're very formal sort of English officers in their portrayals. So, yeah, and 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 that's something. Uh, I mean, obviously, 
Cushing was was great at, and and you know, Star Wars is is filled with great British character actors. Even now in Andor, it, they're keeping the tradition alive. Yeah, no, definitely, and I think that's because you know they filmed at Pinewood Studios, where they filmed a lot of the the scenes in England. So beyond the primary cast, a lot of those sort of secondary characters, which were a lot of those sort of minor imperial officer characters were all you know that formed the uh, the accent of the uh, empire to some degree because of that mm. so that's that's fantastic um now now tell me how many now we know that i could probably count in terms of vintage star wars action figures on my hand the peter cushing figures so obviously black series had a very nice when they were doing the face real version we had that um can power of the force 2 version and even when they did the retro collection, you could get the board game that came with kind yeah. of like a Kenner style. Because like, he never got... A, a, like, it's crazy to think he never had that. But so things were finally made right. Yeah, there he is. Like, it's just... Mm-hmm. Like, that was a must-have for me to get... What is essentially, next to Darth Vader, the, the second biggest villain of A New Hope in action figure format. But beyond those sort of tentpole ones, what what... I mean... Do we go into hot toys? Where where does the collection sort of go from there? Yeah, so I ha- I got the hot toy. That was that ended up being a bit of an adventure. Um, I was on Sideshow sells them over here, and I was kind of watching the website, and I was you know I'm like that was I had so much money to spend on a figure. I wasn't really collecting them at that point. I just thought the figure was cool, and I'd look at it every couple of days. And I'm like, okay. It, when when sideshow is low on stock, they there's a low on stock warning, and that then I'll make a decision. One day I log on, sold out. Oh no! Oh, no. Oh, oh, like, oh. But I I was sitting there thinking, all right, I live I live in New York City. There are like five different different comic and toy book stores just you know within walking distance from my office. I can find this. On my fourth store, oh. I eventually ended up at, at Midtown Comics yes. and yep. ended no. up like buying their display model because it was the only one they have left. Oh wow! But it, I mean, it. I mean, even for a hot toy, it's incredible quality. The 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 face sculpt that they have there. I mean, there are times you could see pictures of it and not realize you were looking at a, a at toy. a figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wicked. Yeah. Yeah, and so then it went then you go into like the weirder things. You get you get the you know, the, the Lego and the the mighty mug and and uh I have they do have oh I can't even remember who made them now, these other uh ten inch figures. It like w- really wasn't, um what's that uh, jumbo they do, no, no, G- gentle no, no, giant do a version. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've done I a have kind that, of kind of version. Too. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. But yeah, this this wasn't this was an older one, but it came in like a two pack with a trooper or something. But they they they've done it if they're you know it's just like a really simple like old style GI Joe f- figure. But that I have like a I have a Tarkin marble. I don't know why that exists. <laughs> Well, like a like a, a, a rolling marble. Yeah, like like a like a marble. Oh, wow. And then oh, it, it has nice. a picture I, on it. I didn't yeah. I didn't know they made these for they're actually quite incredible. Like yeah. the image on that yeah. marble is quite superb. It's it's 
incredibly strange how much stuff you can find if you just <laughs> right. like type Tarkin into eBay or Etsy. I have like a little uh, hand crocheted doll and <laughs> and I have you know I have comic books. I have a I have a friend who um, is a fantastic artist. His name is Chris Hall. You can find him on on Instagram. But he he's like drawn some some pictures for me that I have up. And then I kind of just decided, okay, well, I have most of the Tarkin things, so I'm going to get all the Tarkin things. Nice. And that, luckily, I mean, that's something you can do with Tarkin. That's much harder to do with Luke Skywalker. Oh, impossible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's why yeah. you've got Rancho Obi-Wan. Um, yeah. That uh, um, incredible repository of Star Wars merchandise. Yep. And that and that thing is not is not even complete by any stretch of the imagination. So it boggles, yeah. Star Wars collecting always boggles the mind. It's so fascinating to have picked a character where you can kind of like draw a line and yeah. and sort of you know fit it all in one sort of shelf area. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm normally not a completionist with my collection, but once I had almost all the figures, like there was, <laughs> I had I had one left for a while, and it was the one that. It was like in a multi pack with, with like the other boardroom Imperials, and so I'm like, I don't know if I want to. And, and look, look, compared to what people drop on their collection, it wasn't actually that much money, but compared to what I'd spent on other figures, it was it was a little bit where I had to be like, I don't know, but it was the last one. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have, okay, I will admit, there's something I don't have, and that is Gentle Giant did busts yes and the tarkin one is not very good but then they recently did another tarkin one but it was only released as part of their their like subscription programs you could only get if you could get it like through that so those those are something i you like you don't even see that many on of them on ebay but that is maybe a little outside what I'm willing to to drop. And, and technically, you can probably get it out on a technicality that statues and busts is not a yeah, it's not a toy. Yeah. It's not a. So that's right, opening another can of worms. But no, yeah, that's that's how I that's how I tell myself that it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. That is fantastic. All right, now I'm looking behind you, and there is a number of sort of horror themed posters going on. What so the other big thing you're into, and obviously there's a big movie poster um, thing going on, but also you're big into the horror side of collecting. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And because and, we're really living like with, with some of the stuff that NECA are doing, we're living in sort of this golden age of even those vintage Hammer horror films or those very retro kind of horror elements. Um, so, so how are you finding this this new world of, of seeing all those things in sort of plastic form now. It's, it's pretty incredible um, because it's kind of at all levels of collecting that you can get, you can get Funko. I mean, of course you can get Funkos, you can get Funkos of anything, but you can, you know, you can pick up the reaction figures or you can do the NECA ultimates or you can do hot toys or you can do Mezco. It's, it's just sort of everywhere right now. And that is both 
like super cool and also a little overwhelming because like okay what do I what do I want to go in on and and like I said it's interesting because it is some of the some of the retro stuff too uh I mean obviously Universal is the classic stuff that's always up there but like Mego has been releasing Hammer horror stuff NECA actually now has the license for Hammer as of I think last year they haven't done anything with it yet but I'm I'm holding out hope I might see you know a, a ultimate Peter Cushion Van Helsing and Christopher yeah. Lee Dracula that'd be incredible oh yes well yep. given given they've only had a year they might be sculpting behind the scenes and uh, maybe <laughs> you know next year SDCC they'll be ready to showcase a shelf or two because one thing I've learned about NECA is they like to showcase this is what we've got coming out, and then two or three months later, it's it's in your collection almost. Uh, they don't, you know, it's not like other uh, places that you know. Oh, here's this figure, two years later, still waiting for it. So um, yeah, props to NECA in that sense. Yeah, yeah, no, I actually, I actually, as much as I want to see something, I, I do prefer that model yes, of yep. oh, I can actually buy this. Yes, agreed, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, what what's some of your favourite horror films? We've brushed over the, you know, the main genre and things. So, you know, shout out some of your main uh, key horror films. Uh, the Shining is my favourite of all time. Uh, I know, I know Stephen King was not particularly pleased with Kubrick's adaptation uh, rather famously, but I think just as a horror movie, it's, and, and as a movie, it's oh, yeah. it's like just hard to move beyond that uh i have a i have a weakness for for 80s slashers yeah, i love okay. i love yeah. i love nightmare on elm street yes. i love halloween i love jason uh chucky's a lot of fun yeah. uh i kind of don't like those equivalent movies now because i feel like what those although slashers still exist what the kind of the area those filled have been taken up by things like saw and hostile yeah. and yeah. i don't i don't like the torturey stuff yep. Yep. it's not fu- i don't like it's gonna sound it's gonna sound strange for somebody who likes horror i don't i don't no, really it, like my horror very, to be it's like, very i don't want it to be mean yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And right. yeah it's extremely and it's, yeah. it's it's just it's not fun and either I either want something to be like really good, like we have like Jordan Peele, Get Out, and Nope, yep. or or Ariaster with Hereditary. Oh, yes. and, oh my gosh. And, and, so, the, these guys put me onto that, and Bro. damn, wow! <laughs> I cop oh. I cop that for a little bit, didn't oh. I, Ben? Like, what what have you made me watch? Like, I, it was great, but gee, what did you make me watch? It was. Yeah. It, I I love it. I read it somewhere. It's like the equivalent of watching a panic attack like happen in in, in before your eyes yeah. and i think that's the best way to sum up hereditary because it truly yeah. is um i yeah. i saw that in the theater and oh. i won't i know people have still not it's a couple years old but i don't want to spoil it but you will know what to say when that scene yep. that happens yeah. in the car yeah oh, oh. yep yeah the the reaction in the theater yeah. was like nothing i've ever seen no. it was yeah. like nobody had any inkling it was coming <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. just oh incredible yeah so either i want i want things to be really good or i want them to be campy and fun yes. yeah and i think that kind of eli roth and and those it's just like let's see how we can hurt people mm. so so and it's yeah do, you're not a fan of hellraiser then 
Well, that's the thing is I am a big Hellraiser fan and I don't know yeah. what it is about Hellraiser. Yeah. I think <laughs> actually I was, I was questioning this with my friend Steve and he's like, you, you're okay if demons are doing it. You don't want humans doing yeah. it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah yep. okay. That's, that that's it, true. That makes yeah. it fun. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. Because uh, yeah, um, and what about Terrorizer? That's getting, Terrorizer Two is getting really big uh, reviews and um, huge budget, uh, huge you know uh, profit at the moment. So no, no, I kind of read the description of that, yeah. and I'm like, that's a little too much. Just women getting tortured, right? Like, yes, he's an evil like it's a guy in an evil clown suit, yes, but it is yes. it's just like gruesome, yep, yep. torture. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll skip yep. that. Yeah, fair enough. Cool, well, cool, Emily, cool. you mentioned um, what was that movie that you were, that you that you mentioned at the beginning of the of the segment? The, the, Sh- um, the Shining, yes, sorry. The Shining, yes, wonderful movie, obviously. Uh, the sequel to that, Doctor Sleep. What did you think about that? I need to rewatch it because I did not enjoy it when I saw it, but enough people whose taste I trust really like that movie. Mm that I, I think I need to revisit it. Uh, actually, my, my biggest problem with it was all the times when it got too close to the movie version of The Shining. Yes. Right. Where yep. they're, yep. like, when they're, they, like, are bringing in a fake Jack Nicholson, and I'm like, I don't, sure. I don't know. Like, I wish they had kind of just gone away from that. And I realize they're in a weird position where they're, they're kind of making it yeah, yeah. And they're, but they're also just they're kind of making a sequel that i mean the book is just a sequel to the book but the thing that people know is the movie mm. so when you're adapting it into a movie it kind of has to be a sequel to both even though they're very different animals so it's it's kind of a, a really hard thing to do so i i respect the effort but i'm just like i wish i just don't i don't need all the movie references because then i just would rather be watching that movie that i like yeah some I, I hear you because sometimes when you've got your idea of what a sequel would look like and especially when there's you know it's 30 years between a you know one and part two type thing you get these ideas of what your perfect film would be even if and sometimes it's just like i don't need a sequel i don't need a prequel and then when they release it's like well that wasn't what i expected or wanted to see so i hear you loud and clear yep and in terms of tv so we're in a sort of renaissance of with streaming services the quality of tv how's the horror genre gone for you on tv i know i i stumbled across uh, the Haunting of House Hill. Oh, yes. And really enjoyed that um, in terms of the story and the suspense. And, and I think that, you know, it had enough of a budget for it to be, you know, quite quite gripping. And, and the acting I, I found quite interesting. And, and I followed a lot of then the sort of subsequent um, versions or, or, you know, sequels, for, for want of a better term, on that culminating in, um, what was the... Um, with the the vampire that he brings back um no and uh oh <laughs> what what was that one vampire that he brings back. um the the priest and he oh, oh midnight midnight mass midnight mass yes. and oh, just that was like brilliant yeah just some so so have you sort of is, is it just the select kind of few gems that are popping up on tv in this space or does it go deeper and and are there some things that i've been missing and need to go back and check on um i mean i I think midnight mass is is 
the best of the most recent and and uh haunted hill house uh i didn't the the i can't remember what they called the second one the one that was kind of based on turn of the screw i didn't like that one as much i have hopes for the next one which is uh going off follow the house of usher but um i'm trying to think if there's been other please like, tell me you're stuff. watching uh guillermo de toro's uh cabinet of curiosities i i haven't started right, it yet it right. is on my queue i'm like yeah. it's halloween yeah. weekend i'm gonna i'm gonna turn i'm gonna turn some on yeah i'm i'm um, loving it i i'm we talked about it last episode, but like it's very slow burn and there's a lot of characterization and building and things, but it is the, you know, final third act type thing leaves. It's so satisfying. It's just phenomenal. I'm, I, it's my favorite program at the moment. I just can't watch. I can't wait to watch the next episode as they get released. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So good. Yeah, no, it's kind of, you know, obviously, somehow American Horror Story is still yes, going. Yes. But you don't like that it. Is, it's very hit or miss. Right. Okay. Like there, there's some of it that I really have enjoyed. It, it's kind of a, a problem I have with with everything um, that guy makes, which is he has really good ideas, and they start off really strong, and then there's like just a couple episodes too many, and everything yeah, yes. becomes a huge mess. Yeah. But but there's there no there's there's plenty of good stuff in there and just in terms of having a huge horror show on TV that makes me happy even if it's not one that I like. Um, I'm just I'm trying to like I know there's a bunch of of foreign language stuff on Netflix that I need to dig into. My problem is I don't have an aversion to subtitles, but I it makes me realize how much. I do other stuff oh, when I'm sure. su- yeah, yeah. when I'm supposedly watching things. Yeah, yeah. I, I almost so, yeah, yeah, I almost prefer to watch subtitles sometimes because I put my phone away and I just have to focus a hundred percent on the TV. And if if the phone comes out, I almost need to press stop and you know, uh, and then press play again once I'm done. Uh, so yeah, yeah. But I feel like in some ways we're still waiting for the big prestige horror show to hit there there isn't like a there isn't really a horror game of thrones yep yep uh like midnight mass was was great and really hit like more popular than a lot of horror stuff does but again it's you know it's like the one season and and done which is how it should be yeah it's it was a complete story it's very good uh if you haven't if you haven't watched that that one is just excellent performances and just a great atmosphere but you know it's just a complete show in the one season yeah so do you read a lot of horror books as well is that something you get into yeah uh i mean i started like books is sort of my entry point into horror uh i you know there was always a ton of books around my house so i would have picked up stephen king when i was maybe a little too young to be reading stephen king (laughs) but My my parents were always of the of the mindset of if she is reading, it's then cool. yeah. then that's good. And if she if she gets scared, she'll stop reading it. It'll be fine. She'll have nightmares for a couple of nights. Like, <laughs> and I did. Like I started reading it, yeah, and I got wow. to the point where where that he like a body is thrown over a bridge and the clown comes out and bites somebody's armpit. And I thought this is too scary for me. And I stopped <laughs> and I didn't pick it up again for like ten years. But you know. Uh, King, love him. 
uh, Clive Barker, uh, speaking of, of Hellraiser, yeah. it was a huge one. Um, and if we, okay, in terms of, I mean, in terms of books, horror is doing amazing right now. There's so many good horror writers yeah. that it's just like you're you, like in any horror genre, any, any kind of thing you want, you want gruesome, you can find it. You want creepy gothic, you can find it. It's, it's, it feels like it is finally getting more respectability and literary. I couldn't agree more. Yes. Yep, loving it. What about sci-fi horror, like aliens and uh, things like that? You know, those sort of out supernatural type things. The Thing, for instance, do you uh, like those yeah, sort of things? Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, The Thing is is classic, and uh, I love everything John Carpenter. But yeah, uh, Alien, Alien's great. I think that's a. I like the the combination there i like that it's something you can you can you know debate what genre it ultimately falls into and i like that you get this kind of haunted house on a spaceship thing and the and the first movie i think that is is great and that it's hard to go beyond that design it's so geiger just just phenomenal yeah yeah yeah. What about like something more sci-fi like event horizon for Mm. per se I I I enjoy Event Horizon. It's probably something I don't think of it as a horror movie. I, yeah. I don't think it's not a horror movie, but it's one of those when I'm listing horror movies that I like, I wouldn't like think to put it on there. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, that that scared the poo out of me <laughs> when I saw it at the uh, cinemas uh, back in the day. No, that's cool. In, what about like what about do you get into anime horror and things? I know that's pretty big, um, like the manga sort of stuff um, on. Uh, or... You know, you know, I don't. I I'd be happy to watch something if if somebody had like specific recommendations yep. for me. But that's yep. such a like another world yeah. from the like I wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah, I've watched that Death Note and things like that. That's pretty cool. But I I like I've watched the movie adaptation. But I I you know where do you start with the anime? Like you're probably looking at you know 500 episodes or something. It's just, yeah, that's it's, much it's worse too, than like yeah. I want to. Yeah, sometimes I just want to like like you know going back to 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 the classic stuff. I just want to sit down and watch 90 minutes of of a Frankenstein movie. Yes, agreed. Uh, yep, very cool. Have you ever explored the comic books of horror? I was introduced to a lot of crossover in horror with uh, Jason vs. Leatherface. Wonderful comic, really expressive, really gave you a lot of uh, background on the characters and a lot of options with them. Have you ever read any of the, the comic books that are out there in the horror realm? Um, I haven't I haven't read a lot. Um, I did some of the, you know, I used to, I, I read walking dead in the early days um i did some some 30 days of night and i oh, um, love 30 days of night ben temple smith and uh that just yeah phenomenal so good actually yeah. the the poster directly in the middle there that reddish one yes. is, is a temple smith thing he's oh, beautiful <sighs> yeah yeah I've, he he is always at conventions and i pick up yeah. something from him he's a, he's every a, single time australian as well from perth yes so, uh, yeah yeah he, when we were over there, we saw him and um, Re, my wife was pretty quick to say, oh, we're Australian too. And he's like, can you show, have you got any cash on you? Like the coloured money? Like <laughs> they're, obviously they're having a conversation before we, um, you know, hit him up. And yeah, they just, we fortunately did and they just couldn't believe how colourful our money was. 
just one of those strange conversations you get into just because uh, you're from the same country. It's just, yeah, <laughs> wacky. One of, I remember that conversation more than anything else uh, that we had a chat to him about. Yeah. So. Well, we even call out like our $50 bills are yellow and they're called pineapples, yeah. you know. Yeah. So they're just, it's, yeah, it's just wacky, colourful. Well, I guess in contrast to your bills where they're all the same size pretty much and Green colour. Yeah. 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 Uh, cool. Mm. Now, we we do have a um, modern horror toys segment. I and, and just thinking about talking um, about some of the things that you might have in your collection behind you, Emily, in terms of the sort of the modern horror. Um, I remember. Do you remember? Like there was, I think it was McFarlane that did these yes. these mo these. <laughs> these I remember because I get the Toy Fair magazines right, and I'd be flipping through, and I'd mm-hmm. be like, you know, this is my. And then I turned to like these McFarlane horror scenes. The movie Maniacs? I think they were movie yeah. Maniacs, but yeah. it was like, say, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. And it was Leatherface with a chainsaw to some guy's crotch yep. as he's hanging there in the, <laughs> you know, chained wow. up. Or yep. or um, I think there might have even been like a bathtub scene yeah. with... Yeah, yep. And I was just like... These things are actually making me feel quite ill. Because but- <laughs> they're so... They're, so vi- they're just like a moment etched in plastic... But just there's, the, there's worse ones than that. There's right. the McFarlane Tortured Souls and there's the McFarlane... Um, yeah, that's a weird... Yeah, the the like uh, spin on like uh, Christmas and things oh, yes, like, you know, yes. Santa Claus type, you know, with C-L-A-W-S. And uh, <laughs> then um, well, there was one more, Clyde Barker's uh, line that was all just disgusting, you know, uh, stuff. Uh, yeah, so they McFarlane didn't shy away from it, but he also saw the market for, ad, you know, producing adult, you know, toys. Not in that, you know, context, but uh, like, yeah, just um, you know, a market for mature adults that liked ho- horror films that wanted to, you know, showcase some three uh, D, you know, imagery. Yeah, and that's great in a movie where the scene just flashes on and gives mm. you that impact. But uh, uh, the the need to have that forever yeah. <laughs> static <laughs> image on your shelf. Now, uh, uh, not to say Emily, if you do have the uh, the <laughs> ch- chainsaw to the crotch um, figure behind you, then that's that's totally cool. But what 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 is what is sort of your pick in that space uh, over that gamut? Is it is it just about getting representations of those characters that you sort of adore, or is it filling those movie scenes and trying to emulate? the feeling of the horror films i i so i mean sort of like i have gone in with with tarkin i tend to be drawn of i want a character who i like so i i look for uh, i have the um migo recently did a christopher lee uh cushing uh Van Helsing and Dracula. Yes. And they're they're very much just the the old like retro style, incredibly plain figures. But it's a it's a Lee and Cushing Van Helsing Dracula. That's like some of my favorite horror stuff of all time. There's those those old hammer movies are are so much fun. Uh and so I do like that. Or, you know, I have the the NECA Ultimates Frankenstein because I, as much as I am a, a, a Cushing fan it's hard to go beyond the the universal movies for the the look like they set the look for for all those classic movie monsters there there's so much stuff that 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 we still have of that 
today, I mean, when, when we say Frankenstein today, and yes, I know it's technically Frankenstein's monster, but that's both pedantic and also just not how it's marketed. Yep, yep. <laughs> like they market him as Frankenstein because everybody thinks of him as Frankenstein. But that when people think Frankenstein, that's still the look they go to. Mm. I, I mean, exactly. and that was, you know, from some from the thirties, a movie that like most people thinking about it probably haven't actually seen the film, but they know what Frankenstein looks like and he looks like Boris Karloff. Yep. Yeah. And, 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 and so there's a lot of that. And I, you know, so I go, I go for that. There's, there's a lot of, um, it's a, it's a great time for vinyl art toys and the, the overlap between people who are doing vinyl art and people who are horror fans seem to be really big. So anybody you see, like you go to convention and you see people making their own stuff that it's, there's so much horror. Do you think that's because there's a lack of uh, of it out there to buy, or there has been a lack of it, you know, until now? Or what? Why do you think people are choosing horror over yeah, something I think, else? I, I think maybe I think also there's there's probably a lot of crossover between people who who are artistic and people who are drawn to the visuals of horror because there's so much inventive stuff going on there. So that could be part of it. But yeah, it's, we, we talked to, you know, that the, the market's getting a lot better for, for horror toys, but it is still playing catch up. And so I think for so long, people were making their own stuff. And, and also there, there's still a lot of horror that has this kind of outsidery feel as a genre, even though it's, you know, horror movies are the only movies making money at the bank like at the box office now it like beyond superhero movies it's it's horror movies they are consistently money makers but they're also not respected and i think mm-hmm. that is is something that that people can be drawn to try to rectify yes and you can do that through 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 art Yes, I couldn't agree more. I, I haven't seen a horror film at the Grammys or whatever. You know, they just brush over them. And same with uh, cartoons and animation. Uh, yeah. You know, they just don't uh, appeal. So you talked about it before, Universal and Hammer. And ha- what's the difference between the two? How do you differentiate? Is it an era? Is it, you know, like certain characters or? Okay, so Universal, like when we're talking about the Universal monster movies, you're looking mostly from the 30s to the 50s and so they're they're starting with um dracula and frankenstein they did um the wolfman and the mummy as well a creature from the black lagoon is sort of the last like horror standard that they created um and then Hammer is doing they they are starting in the 50s and and although still around today like classic hammer horror is 50s to 70s and so there is there is a difference of a couple decades there even though they're also making a bunch of Frankenstein movies and they're making a bunch of Dracula movies they made I think five or six mummy movies um and again when they don't Hammer doesn't have the the iconic look that that Universal does. There's just no way to ever compete with that. Um, 
I mean, the Christopher Lee Dracula, maybe a little bit more. Yep. But I, for me personally, although the Universal movies are are the are the classics, then I think I think the Boris Karloff Frankenstein is just a, a a beautiful piece of cinema that everyone should see. That the performance that he gives it's not something you expect from a 30s movie and the the pathos that he gives the creature is is pretty remarkable but in general i find the hammer movies are are more fun in terms of the characters and the story uh and that could be because it's you know you're talking 20 years difference in filmmaking especially around that time it's it's not just you know movies looking better it's also completely different acting styles yeah and 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 obviously i i have a a huge soft spot for peter cushing but he is so much fun as he is baron victor frankenstein in those movies uh that uh, are sort of a series but don't really work if you would try to make any sort of chronology or link them together because they are all contradictory yeah. but but they're he's great and it's it's like that's the interesting thing is those frankenstein movies are about him as opposed to the the universal which are about the creature right so more story driven it's like oh, the, yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And 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 and, it, and it, I think that the the time period makes that you're just more like relatable coming to watch now. Trying to watch '30s movies, it's it's nothing against them. It's just it can be hard to to connect even to really good ones because they just seem so stylized and and kind of cold in a way, but. The you know there's like some really fun Hammer '70s Dracula movie where a bunch of hippies get tricked into attending a like satanic ritual that resurrects Dracula, and that's just a blast to watch. <laughs> yeah, wild. So I'm just thinking off the top of my head, like you know, horror is hitting the mainstream uh, more than it, it sort of ever has in the sense of uh, we're seeing, you know, horror being revitalised by the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, we've just seen that awesome little short film, uh, Werewolf by Night. Uh, you a fan of that one, Emily? I really liked I yeah. thought, I mean, that was right in my wheelhouse. The fact that they, they, you know, do the whole thing like one of those old horror movies is... What a blast. Yeah, just the fact that it was black and white from the get-go, I just uh, loved it. So, yeah, fantastic. What do you would you like to see, you know, taking into that account of the Universal and Hammer and, you know, everything you've um, we've, we've seen in the past and what's worked, what do you want to see in movies moving forward in the future? I mean, it's almost a joke at this point. Oh, no, it's beyond a joke. But if... Universal had actually managed to make the dark universe happen. Yes, yep. yes. And and brought back all of those movies. I I think it could have been so much fun. I think they took them way too seriously. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 Tom Cruise mommy movie, I I just don't know what they were thinking on 
any level. I don't know why I'm suddenly watching a movie about terrorists when I want to be watching a mummy movie. Right. It, yeah. It, yeah. And uh, but no, I I I I mean obviously there's room for every kind of horror, but I kind of want to go back to to classic movie monsters and I as much as I, I kind of have Marvel fatigue, I think that's one way to get people interested in that sort of stuff is because Marvel's never, they're not, you know, they're not going to make a saw. They're going to make yep. something like where with my night. They're going to make something that is not too gruesome. That is still friendly enough for, for, you know, older kids to watch. And if you start if you start there i think you can revitalize an interest in that whole era because they're like like the people were talking about the old horror movies because they saw werewolf by night and yep. were wanting to to know what what it was that they were watching but i also like to see i i mean marvel should be exploring their their horror properties more i mean it seems like this blade movie is just in some trouble and maybe not gonna happen which is a shame because yeah. that character is a ton of fun well they, they, to the point when we reviewed it way back when they didn't even put marvel at the start like they didn't even have that big red and black you know imagery or red and white uh symbolism at the front of the movie saying this is a marvel movie they just sort of shone it away and said produced by marvel you know <laughs> just a quick flash and that was it like just like a a, a, a you know c-list character going past the screen it was uh because they didn't had no faith in it and yet bang they were able to put out three movies. Uh, yeah, because... yeah. So I, I, I really, I, I hope this one with Mahershala Ali ends up happening because uh, he's a great actor, and that's a be be. A, it could be really good. Um, otherwise, I think horror just needs to keep doing what it's doing. Y- you have um, Ari Aster out there making Hereditary and Midsommar. You have Robert Eggers doing. The, who did The Witch and The Lighthouse and Northman, which is maybe violent enough to be a horror movie. Um, and he's, he's, he's doing Nosferatu next. Nice. That, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that's going to be, that's going to be a trip. You have, if you want, you, you know, like more funny, modern Jordan Peele and Nope was a ton of fun and Nope is, Nope is Jaws. <laughs> it was bonkers. I, I just, that, yeah. that, yeah. yeah. And so, and, and like you have Terrifier too, which is this independent horror movie that I, I'm never going to watch cause I know would absolutely hate it. But, 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 but on the but same people, level, it's, you, yeah, it, it is doing astronomical uh, at the box. Oh, like it is yeah. making millions. Uh, it, it costs, I'm pulling numbers out of the air. Like, let's say it cost them five hundred, seven hundred fifty thousand to make or whatever. Right, pulling numbers out of the air. It's made over three million dollars or something. So their financial gains yeah. is astronomical. And and so I just um, over here, uh, Barbarian just uh, came out on HBO Max, and that was one that had gotten a lot of buzz. That was a four million dollar movie. It was a it was the director's first feature film he was a guy from a a sketch group called the whitest kids you know he wrote this horror movie four million dollars it is made so far 45 million i think wow crazy and and that's what you can do you can do with horror if if people let you make 
small budget movies, which we are not uh, seeing enough of, uh, but, but there is so much out there. And, and so, yeah, I just, I just want that. I want, I want, you know, keep making everything and I'll see the stuff of it that I like. And you, you know, you want to make paranormal activity 15. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, compl- I don't complain about that either because I, and I think this is something I, I have actually worked at being better at. And I think fandom does in general is letting things you don't enjoy be successful. Yeah. <laughs> and letting, think, letting things that aren't for you be loved and be like, that's awesome. It's horror movies that make a bunch of money. That means they're going to keep making other horror movies too. And so any, any horror movie that does well, it, yeah, and sometimes it's a little annoying cause you know, you see something like terrifier too and you, okay, we're going to see a ton of ripoffs of this because people are going to be like, Oh, cause that's how movie studios work, which is, Oh, that thing made a lot of money. We don't quite know why, but we, sure know it was about a violent clown so <laughs> that's just they always pick something really weird as this is the reason this made money so let's make 10 of those yeah yeah do you get into the bonkers stuff like sharknado and and you know or you know megalodon I, versus giant octopus or whatever <laughs> I, you know i grew up watching mystery science theater 3000 and so I have an affinity for some of that. The problem with with things like Sharknado and the like Birdemic is they're intentional now and that yeah. makes yeah. it a lot less fun. Yeah. It's better when they are trying to make a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Before they start, you know, becoming aware of themselves almost. Yeah, yeah. when it's just like super winky and we like are purposely doing things bad that like it that's very hard purposely bad is really hard to do well and i don't think any of those movies uh really pull it off yep what well, was it the room that you know um yeah, they claimed that's, that's that it was great. he yeah. claimed after the fact it was purposefully yeah. bad but clearly it wasn't <laughs> like it was just no. it's so good because it's bad i mean we're so you can't you can't script that right mm. like it's just it's incredible. I love the I love the film that um that was made <laughs> yeah, of the film. Oh, of the, the one room. about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just um it's just bonkers, like the, <laughs> <laughs> the story behind it. Um but yeah, Davey's a huge fan of that. Davey loves yeah, that. And yeah, Casey. Watch, um, yeah, yeah. watch that with the kids. No, so that's, <laughs> so that's you can't you can't produce that sort of uh, magic. Yeah. Oh, very good. All right, we're coming to the end of this episode. So, happy Halloween for everyone. Um, hope you got a good score of of candy and enjoyed um that. It's it's getting a lot bigger here in Australia. So, I know my mum was over in uh, New York for Halloween a couple of years oh, back, wow. and she loved it. Like she she's brought that back, and she's always like wanting to you know do do um. All the all the pumpkin carving and and decorate the house and have all the kids come over. I, so. I gotta say, like, there's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I I enjoy it all. I did it all when I was a kid. I don't yeah. I don't do it much now. I don't. Right. I mean, I have some I have some like gourds up around my thing. I don't I don't I don't really like 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 a big 
going to a like bar for Halloween doesn't seem like a fun time for me. I'm a little past that, but I, I, I buy a bunch of candy and watch horror movies. I gotta say the, the hostility that some Australians seem to have about, you know, like, like this American yeah. holiday invading yeah. your, yeah. like you dress up in costume and you eat candy and watch horror movies. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like it's the best, the best holiday. Well, at my retail store, we're uh, very, you know, uh, they almost prompt us to dress up our store and things and have have all the horror characters and things. And it just gets, since I've been there, it gets bigger every year. And and you hear them, customers come in verbally saying, oh, I don't want this American stuff and things. It's like, well, what, what, don't, don't do it. It's not hurting you in any way, shape or form. Just keep walking, you know, let, let the people that do enjoy it and have fun, uh, embrace it, you know. Like, yeah, what, what part of it do you not like? Do you not like cute little kids? being happy in a costume and getting candy yep. like but is it because you didn't get that when you were a kid <laughs> that's right yeah i don't understand yeah so where, what have you got going on at the moment emily uh plug some of your socials and all that sort of jazz okay i am on twitter and instagram at ef lind uh other than that i have a, a sort of a star wars podcast it started as a star wars podcast it's called the cantabite dispatch right now like andor's on so we're talking star wars but you know we've also just sort of we've covered the marvel movies or the crown or great british bake-off or whatever we're watching at the time uh i do it with my friend uh Brittany, who i actually uh didn't know when i started the podcast with her we had just kind of met through a friend and she wanted somebody to do a podcast with and now she's you know f- five years later like one of my closest friends and we have 240 odd episodes of a podcast so yeah fantastic that is wonderful and it is like you know i probably don't see anyone more than i see these guys yeah. because it's that regular catch-up <laughs> Yeah. Where you just, you know, you're talking about stuff you love and, you know, so it is wonderful the friendships you forge in that space and the cross-continental um, friendships through, you know, Fresh and Davey and all that. Those connections are just wonderful. So it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and talk horror with you, Emily, and get an, an insight into that um, particular type of collecting, collecting. And that Peter Cushing is just like, it's brilliant. I, I love I love the fact you've pretty much got an entire Peter Cushing collection in a your shrine. in your room. It's yeah. just absolutely wonderful. It's a little bit shrining. It's actually surrounding me because it's all on my podcasting desk. That's fantastic. That is wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on and guesting on Toy Power. Um, big shout out and thank you to all our patrons, to which one Emily is one of our patrons. Thank you so much for your ongoing support and your chatter on the Discord. We love your contribution and it's so wonderful to have you and to all our listeners for tuning into another episode of toy power we really appreciate it stay safe on the toy aisles and until next time good journey you can find the toy power team at all the usual online places facebook.com slash toy power podcast at toy power podcast on both twitter and instagram or have your say and email us toypowerpodcast at gmail.com subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher and please leave us a review otherwise we just assume we're awesome